This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hi, everyone. This is Keeper Michael from the Old Ways Podcast, and this is our Any Submission for 2022, featuring Masks of Neomathotep, Cthulhu Dark, and Horror on the Orient Express. Thank you, and enjoy. So, timeline-wise, the two of you, uh, Leon and Eulalia, will be heading back into this part of the camp, but you're not there yet. Damon and Zoe, you have just heard what sounds like a child crying. Can I discern where it might be coming from? It's definitely outside, and it seems to be outside of camp. Then I will look at Zoe and say, there is nothing more for us here. We should return to the others and perhaps put an end to this. She pauses for a moment and her eyelashes flicker. She looks to you and she looks at the door and she looks at you and she says, do you not hear the child? Yes, there are childs that whimper all the time. There's a hard pause and she's just going to follow after him. No, I, I, when she pauses and comes closer, I'll stop and say, you care for the crying of the child, but not the soul leaving for the ferryman. Can I smack him? Yeah. How do you react to that, Damon? Priestess just slapped you. I take it. That's fine. She wants to say something smart and condescending, but really he just read her. So her eyes are probably going to gloss over and she's just going to walk by him. I will turn as she walks by and say, we are not done here. She will turn on her heel. This man laid flayed and you walked past him, giving him no sucker, no release for his soul. And as we leave now to hopefully end this, now you ask me to, to search after a, a babe? What, what are the differences? Souls are souls, are they not? She's choking on a voice. She says, you and the audacity for you to speak to me in such a manner. Have you not had doubts? All this time, all these years, everything that we've gone through, you've never had doubts. You've never once questioned why we were here. You've never once thought to yourself, have the gods abandoned us? Are they actually real? Never once, not once, have you suffered doubt. Yes, I have suffered doubt. On the beaches after a battle, I have suffered great doubt. I bow my head. You are right. Let us find this child. She sniffs. Uh, she blinks. Uh, tears are running down the side of her face, but she refuses to outright cry. And she'll flip her hair around again and head out into the night. You continue forward. And the tunnel narrows a bit into roughly man-sized shape. Uh, so maybe uh, no, no more than two meters and then maybe a, maybe a meter or so across. Uh, and these, by the way, are not smooth edges by any means when it comes to the rock shape. You also notice that the very well laid out, very symmetrical appearance of the hallways is not present in this section. But you come to a gate. There's some sort of wrought iron gate here. Oh, this is odd. That is strange. This uh, area seems to be not, not not quite finished like the rest of the catacomb. There is a space beyond there. There's 
There's something there. That's strange. Somebody's clearly put a gate there, yet it's not on the map. They must know about it for them to have put a gate there. Yes, but what could they be keeping out? Perhaps this was another entrance or... Yes. And Richard puts his hand on the gate to try it, see if it swings open. It doesn't swing open. When you put your hand on the gate, the iron is is pretty cold. Hmm. Well... Is it locked, Richard, or stuck? It's certainly not unlocked. Um... Uh, let me see. Richard will just take a quick look and see if he can... Let's see if the lock looks complicated. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. You both could do that if you'd like. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Those are great sounds. 92. So Richard must poke himself in the eye or something. That was 100. <laughs> Ooh. 192 on so... the spot hit. It's very dim in here. <laughs> It is very dim. Uh, Richard, you you bend down and uh, you go to inspect the lock. And this this lantern here that's that's hung up that you're trying to get a better look at this this lock, it swings loose from the handle. And glass and oil tumble. Oh no. And it shatters on the ground, plunging the entire hallway into darkness. Save for maybe uh, just a, a few bits and sprigs of what looked like maybe moss that gives a faint glow beyond the bars. Oh, oh no, no, Richard, are you okay? Yes. What are we to do? No, I don't... Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to... This is out of character. I'm trying to remember if my camera has a flash at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it does, actually. No. <laughs> um, I'd have to look at the... I don't... I don't think you can turn it on and leave it on, though. No, but I could occasionally shoot pictures and then we could walk. <laughs> well, Richard, the only thing I can think of is I, my my camera has a, a flash. We could possibly use that to find our way back out of here. You hear a voice from beyond the bar. Hello? Um, hello? Uh, who is it? Is, some, is someone there? Do you have a, a, a flashlight or, or torch? We we seem to have broken our means of lighting. Beyond the bars in the space there, you see twin amber pinpoints appear. And they slowly raise themselves up higher. Have you come to see Guillaume? See who? Sorry? Guillaume. You hear the, the word Guillaume, the name. Huh reverberate around the room and far quicker than you were expecting a form appears closer towards the bar there is a wave of nauseating smell that accompanies it you see a a disgusting and fetid dog like muzzle and this face whatever it whatever it was in life is something far different There's a long scar across the muzzle, and you see several rows of broken fangs as its fetid breath oozes out through the bars for you to enjoy. Have you come to see Guillaume? Uh, Are are you Guillaume? Oui. I would like both of you to make a sand roll. No, no, 
no, no, no, no, no, no, no. No, it can't be. It cannot be. It cannot be. It cannot be. I've had enough of this. Uh, I'm going to leave the room uh, and go and find Lady Elizabeth. She is uh, outside in the auto. Um, Lady Elizabeth, uh, Mr. Fraser comes back out without his tie on. He's He is up to Hido, as they say. Mr. Fraser, having fun, are we? No, I am not having fun. Beg your pardon, your ladyship. No. There's something I need to talk to you about. Close my book and put it back in my handbag. Yes, Mr. Fraser. This this man, Peter, whatever, and his associate, Bruno, they spoke of the, I don't know what to call it, ceremony that took place in the workshop. They were there. They saw what happened. He says, he says that the owner of the workshop was a sick man, had a lung condition. He says that they brought in this other man and they removed his lungs and placed it in in the other fellow, the sick fellow. But they did it. He says they did it with magic, your ladyship. It's like you said. He says, just like you said when we were there. And now they have... Now they... Now they have Caterina Cavaliero. And I fear, I fear for her. I fear what they're going to do to her. They say this man sings. What? What if they try and take her voice out of her, take her, her, her throat out of her? Like they did with this man's lungs, with their dark... I don't know what to do, your ladyship. Well, first things first, Mr. Fraser... Does this uh, young man know anything about where she is? Can he give you any leads? Uh, He is uh, temporarily indisposed, your ladyship. Uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, soon he will be able to answer more questions, but something happened in there. Something I can't explain. Mr. Griffith happened, I assume? No, no, no. it, it, It wasn't that. It was... He spoke to us, this this boy, Peter. He doesn't speak any English, but he spoke to us in perfect English. And and, and, and it wasn't his voice, your ladyship. It was something... It was un- it, 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 I can't explain it. And, and it said that thing. Do you remember when Miss Ballinger um, was in the, uh, in the library in London, in the British Museum? Do you remember the, the note that she found... Uh, spoke of the the, the, the skin. skinless one. Yes. yes, yes, that's what he said, your ladyship. That's exactly what he said. It wasn't the duke's voice, was it? No, it was something else. It was something deeper, darker, somehow. Well, at least there's that, I suppose. Obviously, we can't allow anything to happen to young Miss Cavallero, if we can at all prevent it. But you'll have to find out where she is, Mr. Fraser, and oh. I will lend whatever assistance I can. And now, Alexander, you're prepared to start the ritual. So the first thing that we need to do, Miss O'Shea, 
with you being prepared is offer ourselves as a type of sacrifice, not literally, as I'm still here. And I shed my clothing and leave them outside the circle of the ritual space. If uh, that's what we're doing, then that's what we're doing. I will do the same. It's just the two of you here. I figured. Well, that and whatever's in the basket. It feels even better. You feel like you can be seen as you're supposed to be in this space. You're happy to hide. You're happy to obscure yourself in many other ways. But in here, there is a freedom that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a rush of joy to be in this space like this. You're in this moment happier than you've been in months. That's not very hard, but it's good. (laughs) So, uh, Alexandra, how will you begin the chant? We begin the chant by the basic prayer for Yig that I had Maeve do as her second test because it's the most direct way to sing, literally sing praises without asking for too much in return. Sure. And as the ritual goes on, I will be guiding Maeve through all of the intricacies of how we serve Yig and the things that are expected of us and the things that we can do for him, implore him to listen to us, ask for the grace of his presence, and we ask to be of the chosen. We ask to be a way for him to channel his power. The ritual is arduous. The longer that we are standing, the harder it is to stand, and the heat in the room will naturally grow the longer the ritual goes on. And we will be sweating and struggling not to pant and potentially struggling not to faint because of the intensity of the magic and energy in this room that's happening right now. I'd say that's fairly succinct. The ritual begins and you learn many secrets. You learn what Yig wants of you in this moment. And that is to continue his work on Earth. You hear his voice for but a fleeting moment in your ear. And this is unlike anything you heard when you spoke with the servitor. This voice is raw power. And when it, it speaks to you, he says the only thing you could imagine he would say to you. And he says your first name. You hear him speak your name. And it is terrifying and wonderful in a beautiful concoction 